right, it's bro. time for the scientific method. Pat Nosey Walker. We thought we was going to get Pat in, uh, or Pat thought we was going to get him in via video. However, we got Pat via phone. Either way, you're going to get this science, man. What's good, Pat? Yeah, either way, the science is coming. <laughs> yeah, the video science is or, coming, uh, man. Through these, or through these AirPods, it got to happen. It got to happen. What's up, brother? What's good with you, big dog? What's uh, what's going on down there at the star, man? I, I, I ran through this injury report, and we got hit with the surprise, big dog. We got hit with the surprise with Brandon Cooks. And to me, he seemed like he was all smiles down there in that locker room. But what's the temperature in the building? Yeah, uh, caught everybody by surprise. I mean, like I tweeted out after the game on Sunday, no injuries were, were reported, um, and none none were reported on Monday, none were reported on Tuesday, not even whispers. I understand that the first official injury report each week doesn't happen until Wednesday, which is when Brandon Cook showed up with the uh, the knee injury. But like I said, you know, quiet during the game. He finished the game quiet the two days after the game, and then he pops up on the injury report. So I talked with him in the locker room last night, and he deferred to Mike McCarthy as far as giving, you know, a prognosis on playing on Sunday, which I didn't really, you know, lend too much credence to other than just respect for that deference. And him him basically saying, you know, I'm not going to step over the coach's toes. I don't know how Mike wants to play this, you know, which is kind of a hint at some gamesmanship possibly as well. Um, but he said, quote, unquote, I feel good. Um, and he did, again, he finished the game. So my biggest thing is I want to see what t- yesterday being a walkthrough, I want to see what today's practice report looks like, yeah. meaning that it's going to be a full practice. So I want to see what it looks like for Cooks, Donovan, and Tyler Smith as well. So right now, kind of a wait and see. But based upon what Cooks said yesterday in the locker room, I don't have a lot of concern about it. But, again, we'll see what today what today brings. Today's a big day. It's also a big day for Donovan and Tyler uh, they sat this past weekend, but again, you be, being around that locker room, probably talking to those guys off camera. What's what's your feeling on their status for Sunday? Both both want to play, and both said uh, that they've kind of been champing at the bit to do so. Tyler, I know for a fact, is pushing the coaching staff to let him on the field, and they're really, really playing him, uh, playing his situation cautiously because it's a long season, as we all know and they don't want to force a setback on a soft tissue injury like a hamstring uh, and then potentially have him either fighting through that and, and being less than 100% uh, the majority, if not all, of the season or potentially losing him for more than just a game or two. So they're being hyper-cautious with him, but he, he's, he wants to play. If this was, you know, if the playoffs were on the line uh, or if this was a playoff game, mm. both he and Donovan are healthy enough to play. Um, is my understanding of it, having conversations with the players and some other people um, around the building. And, again, when it comes to Donovan, Mike said yesterday, McCarthy, that Donovan was a little bit ahead of Tyler Smith. Um, Obviously, Donovan suffered the calf strain first week of training camp. Uh, But he, Mike McCarthy said Donovan had a, quote-unquote, big workout on yesterday, and I'm told that that workout went extremely well. I'm told Donovan was moving full speed, um, running, you know, the defensive routes. His cuts looked good and everything. So, I mean, it goes to what Jerry Jones said on Tuesday to 105.3 FM, the fan, that both of those guys were on the cusp of playing against the Giants. Well, if it continues to, you know, trend forward, then they have that much better of a chance of taking the field against the New York Jets. Love it, man. Love it. And let's get into that Jets matchup. So I think both offense and defense, the Cowboys can do some some really good things. But obviously, defensively against this offense, it's not going to look the same without Aaron Rodgers. And I've been seeing on the the internets, people are saying, well, are, are they going to take this game serious the same way they took it with Aaron Rodgers? 
you've been saying all week you don't think they're preparing any differently no matter who's under center. They're absolutely not. I mean, and I said it on Cowboys break yesterday, um, uh, a lot of the talk about this potentially being a trap game, whatever the case may be, that that's fan talk. Um, that's not coach talk. That's not locker room talk. You know, when I'm walking around the building and I'm talking to these players and I'm talking to these coaches, they are quite literally acting like Aaron Rodgers is going to take the field on Sunday. They have not turned it down one inch, not, not one mm-hmm. millimeter. And that goes to the leadership of the coaching staff, but also with the locker room because – you know, at, at a certain point, yeah, the coaches, they can motivate, they can motivate, they can motivate, but guess who has to take the field? It's going to be the players. So when I'm walking around the locker room and I'm talking to guys like Micah and, and Tank and uh, leaders like Dak Prescott and CeeDee Lamb, I mean, these guys have not turned it down. Their main thing is they want to prove to themselves, the coaching staff and everybody, that they're no longer playing down to competition. Uh, they're in it to finish these games, you know, even when they get big leads. Look at the Giants game, for example. Um, so, no, they're not looking at uh, Zach Wilson-led Jets team as, as a bye week or something that they can turn down from, particularly when they're going up against the defense. That's as strong as what Robert Sell is going to put on that field at AT&T Stadium. So, no, yeah, yeah it's fans talking about, oh, well, this, this should be an easy win. The good news is, is fans don't play the game. Yeah. So the Cowboys players and coaches, they're, they're still turned up. Yeah, if there's one thing that they can, you know, have the Michael Jordan situation, right? Like, oh, I took that personally, is is seeing the Jets' run game kind of get busy a little bit, or at least Brees Hall for the very – with a couple big runs. If there's anything to take away, is that, hey, we got to stop that kid. I'm pretty sure those guys are talking about Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook in there. Oh, you better believe it. And, and what they're uh, kind of carrying with them is the film from Monday night. Because mm-hmm. what happens to the Buffalo Bills, right? Aaron Rodgers comes in, you have all this hype and pomp and, st- uh, pomp and circumstance, and it's like, okay, here we go. Buffalo is playing lights out. Defensive line just bullying the Jets' offensive line. They pressure Aaron Rodgers twice, almost sack him one, uh, almost sack him twice. Well, they pressure him four times, almost sack him twice, and then sack him that that final time at the end of the season. Possibly his career, we'll see. But then Zach Wilson trots onto the field. Suddenly, Buffalo's defense kind of turns down a bit. Suddenly, Josh Allen as the quarterback, he figures, hey, you know what? I'm going to, you know, play like my life depends on it for whatever reason as opposed to protecting the ball. Long story short, they end up losing in overtime on a walk-off uh, return in a game that they should have won handily, and it's all because when Aaron Rodgers went out and Zach Wilson came in, the psychology of that team changed for Buffalo. The Cowboys are looking at that and saying, see, that's what happened. I guarantee you the coaches and the coaching staff in Dallas right now all week are playing that game on repeat, letting these guys know, not that it needs to be said, but letting these guys know if there's ever a moment in this game where you feel like you have it in hand and you feel like this game is over mm-hmm. and that clock is not at all zeros yet, remember the Bills. Remember the Bills. So when it comes to stopping those guys, yeah, I mean, Brees Hall and Delvin Cook, that's the combo offensively. Zach Wilson scares me about as much as an ant scares an elephant. I'm not worried about that. Um, because you look at his history, I mean, you look at his history in the league over the past couple of seasons, it's the same Zach Wilson that the Jets have given up on not once, but at least a couple of times before finally saying, okay, this isn't the dude. We're going to get Aaron Rodgers. And then, yes, they put all these weapons around him, but – I believe you can do to Zach Wilson with this defense what the Patriots did to Sam Darnold in 2019. You can Ooh. have him seeing ghosts. This young man, has he's never played the Cowboys. Zach Wilson has not. And that means he's never faced this defense. And he's never faced a defensive uh, play caller and coordinator like Dan Quinn. 
this is an opportunity to completely bully Zach Wilson, but it starts. It starts. It starts with stopping Brees Hall and Delvin Cook. If you can do that, you eliminate the play action, which accounts for 39% of Zach Wilson's career dropbacks. 39%. That's high. That's ridiculous. So, yes, so if you eliminate that run game or at least slow it down, you then delete the play action, which means you are only leaving 60% of Zach Wilson's playbook available. And then here comes the pressure. You start pressuring him. When he's under pressure, he has a bad throw percentage per pro football reference, and this is excluding spikes and throwaways, of 25%. When he is under duress, folks, one out of every four throws is a bad throw. Now let's compare that to Aaron Rodgers' bad throw percentage per PFR. Aaron Rodgers is 17.48. That's that's a large, sizable difference. And just for fun, you know, shits and giggles, I looked up Dax and it's 13.2. <laughs> Sorry, I just ruined somebody's day. <laughs> but but Zach Wilson, when you put him under pressure, he folds. Yeah. But it starts with stopping Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook. If you can't stop those guys, you're in for a long day. Excellent point. And you talked about how the guys are looking at the film uh, offensively. On the flip side, the Cowboys – Offense is looking at their film defensively and saying, I think we just got to protect the ball here. You know, Josh Allen just did not give two dams, right? I say he had a chill. He has no chills. He just kept giving the ball away to the Jets for no reason and not taking profit. I'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, When I watched the tape, man, I felt like the profit was there all day. But, you know, arm arrogance and just Josh Allen being Josh Allen, he did that. I think people have uh, Dak confused for Josh. Dak is a guy, if he throws a pick or two, he ain't throwing four. You know, he's going to understand I got to chill here, but I'm pretty sure they're going into this game, or he's going into this game saying, hey, let's just not give them opportunities to win this game by giving the ball away here. And that's the biggest thing, because your defense uh, against Zach Wilson, as long as the defense can slow down or bottle up uh, Dalvin Cook and Brees Hall, and they've shown they can bottle up, uh, you know, elite running backs. They just did it last week with Saquon Barkley yet again as Barkley is 0-9 against the Dallas Cowboys. But um, in doing that, now it's the defense versus Zach Wilson, and then there's takeaways to be had, uh, plentiful. And I believe the Cowboys will do that. And once they do that, they're going to give this this offense opportunity after opportunity after opportunity to get on the field and score the ball. And like you said, it just then goes to playing clean football. Look at what happened with the Giants. Defense and special teams having lights out or playing lights out. The offense doesn't have to take the kind of risk that you saw Josh Allen taking unnecessarily. Yeah. And, and I love how you phrased it as well, Scott, because if you go back and look at the film, and this is not taking anything away from, you know, Whitehead, for example, with his three interceptions, but only one of those interceptions was really impressive to me as far as him making the play. The other two were gimmies. It was like, why did you throw that ball, mm-hmm. right? So when you look at Dak Prescott, who last season notwithstanding typically plays clean football, protects the ball, he takes his shots. And he, he takes his risks downfield, but for the most part, he doesn't turn the ball over last year notwithstanding. He just needs to revert back to, you know, that 2021, 2020, and, you know, prior, 19, 18, yeah. 17, 16, where he really doesn't turn the ball over. If he does that and the defense does what I suspect they're going to do, I mean, this should be a pretty sizable Cowboys win. On your way out here, man, give us a bold prediction you got for this game. It can be defensively. It can be offensively. It doesn't really matter which side. But if you had to kind of give us a bold prediction off the top of your head, what do you think it would be, Pat? Uh, Let's see. Bold prediction. Um, I'm not going to go defense because I I put a challenge to them in last week's Science Lab. And, boy, they asked. (laughs) (laughs) You sure did. I just thought about that. (laughs) Yeah, they did it. They did it. They did it. 
Um, so let's flip to the offensive side of the ball. Um, bold prediction, I'm going to say that Jake Ferguson has a 100-yard game. Oh. Um, yeah, I, I would love to see that. And I talked to him in the locker room yesterday, and he is you could feel the heat coming off of him as far as um, not reeling in those balls yeah. on on uh, Sunday night. I mean, one of which, you know, could have been a, a big third-down conversion. And Yeah, it didn't impact the outcome of the game, but – in a play like that, in a situation like that, sooner or later it is going to impact the outcome of mm-hmm. the game. Maybe you're going against the 49ers. Maybe you're going against the Eagles. So you got to bring those in. And, and he talked a lot about that yesterday in the locker room. So I think Jake Ferguson, who normally has very sticky and short hands, is feeling a way uh, about not catching the ball like he wanted to. So I, I think that the Cowboys target him a good bit because they also need to make those elite linebackers, a C.J. Mosley, yeah. um, and, and – uh, Quincy Williams, they need to make them work. And one of the ways to make them work other than counters and misdirections out of the backfield, which I on the break yesterday I said that has to be a thing, stretch those guys laterally to open up that middle of the field. And if you do that, then guess who gets to eat in the middle of the field? Your tight ends, Jake Ferguson, your slot receivers, and guys like Brandon Cooks on the slant route. So give me Jake Ferguson for – you want bold, here's bold. 100 yards and one tutty for Jake. Hey, man, I think it's possible. that They definitely give a lot of underneath stuff to you. But like you said, got to secure the passes. He caught all all of his uh, targets last year. No drops, I mean, last season. So I, I looked, at, I chalked this up as an anomaly. But uh, it's good that he has a chip on his shoulder. So that'll, that'll, I think, give him some fire to play with on Sunday. Yeah, I'm not worried about Jake Ferguson when it comes to drops. I mean, if we want to be objective about it, and we always are because this is science and the scientific method, um, Peyton Hendershot is, is who I'm more concerned about when it comes to drops. I yeah. think that's becoming a little bit more of a consistent thing. I need, you know, and he needs to fix that, and he knows that, and the coaching staff knows that. But when it comes to Jake Ferguson having a drop, I'm just going to shrug that off, and I'm also going to, you know, kind of milly vanilly this thing and blame it on the ring. <laughs> that is Perfect way to get out of here, Pat. Hey, man, when's the when's the press conference later? Because I'm always interested to listen and, and, and get your insight or listen to your questions because you ask some fantastic ones. When's the press of the day? I appreciate that, brother. Uh, press conference is at 1045 Central Time this morning with uh, Mike McCarthy. All right. Sounds good. We'll be up out of here. So make sure you all check in uh, with Pat on the presser and obviously continue to come on back through every Thursday with the Scientific Method. Appreciate you, big dog. See you next time, brother. Yes, sir. Salute. Thanks for watching and make sure to follow and subscribe to A to Z Dallas so you don't miss an episode of The Scientific Method every Thursday morning, 9 a.m. Central on Facebook and YouTube with every episode available on A to Z Sports dot com.